Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Hey friends, thanks for joining me this week. My name is Laura Adams. I'm a personal finance and small business expert and author. I've been hosting the Money Girl podcast since 2008 and I'm thrilled that you're here downloading this show and hope, hopefully you will subscribe and continue getting the weekly shows. My mission here is to help you get the knowledge and motivation to prioritize your finances, build wealth and have more security and less stress. Every show will help you come away with some tips and advice to just make better money decisions and take your financial life to the next level. Be sure to subscribe to the show. That way you'll automatically know when each new show is released. They come out early early every Wednesday. And I'd love for you to participate. You can send me questions or comments. Uh, The easiest way is to leave a message. You can do that by calling 302-364-0308. Or you can email me using my contact page at lauradadams.com. Or connect with me on Instagram at lauradadams. And every week we publish a companion blog post for the show. You'll find that over in the Money Girl section at quickanddirtytips.com. Today's episode is number 706 called Moving In Together, 10 Money Rules for First-Time Couples. This show was kind of inspired by some trends recently. I've been seeing a lot of unmarried people and, you know, partners and even friends going in to buy a home together. In a lot of cases, because prices have gone up so much that that's the only way people are finding it to be affordable. And I thought, well, there are a lot of other rules I want to cover for first-time couples. So um, we're definitely going to talk about real estate, but we're going to talk about some of the firsts. You know, I think being a new couple just includes a lot of uh, things that you do for the first time. It could be managing money together or even becoming homeowners together. And, you know, you're going to have to face things like, should you create a joint bank account or co-sign a mortgage together? These are all really critical life events that can either make or break your your romantic relationship. Uh, and they've got a lot of, you know, obviously financial and legal consequences as well. So in this podcast, I'm going to cover 10 money rules that every first-time couple should follow. All right, let's get into it. The first rule is manage money together only when your relationship is long-term. In general, I recommend managing money as a couple. But 
That being said, I do not recommend managing money together unless you are 100% absolutely committed and you plan on staying together forever. That's because if you break up, unraveling your financial lives can be incredibly complicated. For example, having a joint bank account means that both people own it and both people can access the funds. You and your partner can spend or withdraw any amount of your balance at any time. And being co-signers on loans and credit cards also means that if one person decides not to pay their fair share or what you've agreed, the other owner is on the hook for the entire debt, 100% of that debt, not just half of it. And, and no matter even if you didn't spend any of the money that got racked up on that credit card. So the bottom line is that if you're uncertain how long your relationship will last or you've got concerns about merging money with somebody else, please don't do it. You're better off being safe than sorry, going into it slowly. All right, the second rule is know your financial history. A huge part of a successful relationship is building and maintaining a foundation of trust, which includes knowing the details of each other's financial histories, such as how much debt you owe and your credit ratings. The good news is that even if your partner has less than perfect credit, it it won't hurt your credit, okay? But it could make it more challenging to qualify for a joint credit account, you know, a joint auto loan or a joint mortgage if that's something that you want to do. A good place to start is by reviewing your credit report. So if you're not sure, well, how much do I owe? And, you know, what are the accounts I own? All you have to do is pull your credit history. It's all going to be there. You can do that for free at annualcreditreport.com, or there are some great credit reporting sites like Credit Karma that will give you not only your credit reports, but even some of your credit scores. So again, that's a great place to start if you're, you know, really not sure what what your credit history is or what your financial history is. Rule number three, create financial goals together. Before you merge money as a couple, it's essential that you talk about your financial goals. That's really the best way to know if you're on the same page, you know, with your finances and maybe even if you're on the same page as a couple. Talk about what you want to achieve over the next few years and over the long term. Like, what do you want to do about retirement? You know, what are you what are your dreams for the future? It's much better to know sooner rather than later if you have vast differences of opinion. Let me give you an example. Let's say your priority is to live frugally and build a sizable retirement nest egg so you can retire early. But your partner is a freewheeling spender and they, you know, want to go on vacations and really live it up. In that case, your financial philosophies may be too far apart to reconcile. Only you can make that decision. Rule number 4, set a joint spending plan. Once you know your financial histories and you've talked about your goals, I'd like for you to consider how you're going to handle expenses as a couple. While splitting everything 50-50 could seem like a good idea or a good strategy in the beginning, it may not work out as planned if one person earns much less than the other. 
In that case, you might want to divide costs by percentages to make things more fair. For example, if your partner earns 35% of the total household income and you make 65%, you could pay 65% of the household expenses. Now, I'm not saying that you've got to split everything up according to income, uh, but that's just one way to approach it. Now, if you go all in and you merge your finances as a couple, you don't have to worry about dividing up expenses. Instead, you would just pay bills from a joint account. However, as I mentioned, that's a really big step. And so that's not something that I'm going to recommend unless you're in a 100% committed relationship. Rule number five, communicate about money regularly. Even if your financial goals as a couple are aligned and you, you know, you really do see eye to eye on your short-term and long-term financial goals, a key to long-term success as a couple is to communicate regularly, especially about money. Fortunately, my husband and I have always shared the same views when it comes to our money and our lives and our goals. But I will tell you, that doesn't mean we didn't have our fair share of disagreements in the early days of our marriage that we really had to work through and resolve. So, you know, it's not that you can't overcome differences of philosophies and opinions. I think the idea is just to be open-minded about changing strategies and maybe setting new guidelines if the way you're managing money as a couple isn't working for you. Unfortunately, what I find is that many couples only talk about money after problems come up, and that's really the wrong approach. Instead, I would encourage you to set a time each week or month to chat about your budget, your debt, income, and plans for the future. You know, a lot of people call it a money date, where you go out for a nice meal or take a walk together. You really just set aside time on a regular basis to make sure that you're thinking about, you know, what's going on with your money. That's going to help you iron out any wrinkles in your relationship and definitely Definitely will improve your financial well-being. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispie, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Rule number six, understand the risks of co-signing debt. When you co-sign a credit account like a credit card, auto loan, or mortgage, you assume equal responsibility for it, and the payment history will appear on both of your credit reports. That means you can both build credit if the payments get made on time. 
But if one person in a couple fails to pay a co-signed credit account on time, it's going to hurt both of your credit scores. Plus, as I mentioned, you're both legally responsible for the entire debt, no matter who spent the money. So if you're in a committed relationship and you decide to co-sign a credit account, you want to be sure that those payments never fall through the cracks. A common question I get is, Laura, well, you know, what if one of us has great credit, but the other one has really poor credit? In that case, co-signing a credit card or a loan with uh, that person is one way to help them build or improve their credit. And another option is to add the person with poor credit to a credit card as an authorized user. That allows the partner to make purchases, you know, have their own card, but they won't be legally responsible for the debt as an authorized user. In general, the card's payment history does get reported to both the authorized user's Uh, credit history and the card owner's credit reports. But I will say that's actually not the case for every single card. So if your goal is to help an authorized user build their credit, make sure that, you know, the payment information is going to get reported onto their credit history. You can just ask the credit card company about that. However, as I mentioned, I only recommend combining your credit accounts if you are in a solid, committed relationship built on trust. Otherwise, you could end up with a very large amount of credit card debt if an authorized user abuses your credit card. And I want you to also note that if you decide to apply for a joint credit card with a partner and you've already got credit cards that are just in your name, you don't need to close them. Uh, In a recent podcast called What to Know Before You Cancel a Credit Card, I cover multiple reasons why closing credit cards can hurt your credit. So you want to close cards very carefully. All right, rule number seven, be clear about the pros and cons of buying a home. As I mentioned, an increasing number of unmarried couples and partners and even friends are buying real estate together these days. It may be more affordable to team up and buy a home or an investment property in some cases. However, buying real estate with someone else can damage your finances and your relationship if you're not careful. When you buy property, you receive a document called a deed, which shows the owner's names and how you legally own the property together. If you're not married, you've basically got two options for how to own that property. One is called tenants in common. This gives each person a share of the property, and you decide what that is. It could be 50-50 or 75-25. When one tenant in common dies, their share goes to their heirs, not to the other property owner. And so each owner can also sell or give away their interest in the property. So each person can really, you know, kind of do whatever they want with their share of the property, which, you know, may not be good for you as a partner. The other option you've got is called joint tenants with right of survivorship. That gives each person the right to own the property when the other owner dies. So their interest automatically passes to the survivor, not to the dead person's heirs. And this is kind of similar to the way married couples can own property. Um, Married couples have another option that's called tenancy by the entirety. This allows spouses to own property together as a single legal entity. Now, if you're not married, you you know, you're not going to get that legal protection. But if you are married, having tenancy by the entirety protects each person because a creditor of one spouse cannot attach 
and sell the interest of the property that the other spouse owns. And so when one spouse dies, their interest just passes to the surviving spouse, just like with the the joint tenant ownership that I mentioned. And you'll also need to decide how to finance a home as a couple. Do you have equal amounts of money for the down payment to bring to the table? Do you each want to be on the hook for the mortgage? Each mortgage applicant must show ample income, job history, and credit to get approved. Now, if one partner has low income or poor credit, the other person could be the sole mortgage applicant. Just remember that you're not legally responsible to repay a mortgage unless your name is on the mortgage. Being named on the deed indicates ownership, but that's not the same thing as having financial responsibility for a mortgage on the property. So remember that the ownership and the financing of the property are two different things that you'll need to address. In the excitement of buying a home, don't forget that you are making a considerable investment and a financial or legal mistake could really jeopardize your entire financial future. So I want to recommend that you get advice and you might even want to create a formal ownership agreement outlining every potential issue you can think of as a couple. For instance, talk about what happens if you disagree on managing the property or if one person has a financial hardship and they want to sell out. What if your romantic relationship turns sour and you break up? These are all the kinds of issues that you need to work out before you commit to buying real estate as a couple. You don't want to assume that you'll just deal with it down the line, you know, that you'll just talk through any future disagreements when they happen, because your relationship could be very different in the future than it is right now. Rule number eight, use good financial tools. Whether you decide to manage money as a couple or not, it's essential to use good financial tools. They can really make managing your finances, you know, seamless and and pretty easy, and some tools are even free. For example, a free personal finance app like Mint imports your bank and credit card transactions, allowing you to keep track of your spending and your financial goals on the go. Now, if you prefer a desktop product with a lot more functionality and reporting, I'm a huge fan of Quicken, so you might want to check those out. Quicken has a starter version that's about, you know, $35 a year, and it allows you to see your financial accounts and transactions in a dashboard. You can create a budget, manage bills. There's just a lot of functionality. And there are more expensive versions of Quicken uh, with even more functionality, like creating savings goals and investing and simplifying taxes and investments. But I think if you start out with, you know, the lower end, you can always work your way up if you need more functionality. So suppose you and your partner have your own financial accounts. In that case, you could use a program like Quicken to assign expenses that you want to split. Maybe it's the mortgage or the rent, insurance, groceries, utilities. You could put all of those in an account named joint expenses. That way you can run a report each month and see how much you owe and settle up at the end of the month. I did a recent podcast called 20 Best Personal Finance and Small Business Digital Tools. So if you need some more ideas about great tools, I would highly recommend that show. Rule number nine, know the spousal IRA rules. Saving for retirement is vital to a secure financial future. But what if one person in a couple isn't working? Typically, if you're unmarried and you don't have income, you're not eligible to contribute to a tax-advantaged retirement account. However, if you decide to tie the knot 
married couples who file taxes jointly actually qualify for something called a spousal IRA. It's just a regular IRA, but it allows a working spouse to make a maximum contribution to an IRA for a non-working spouse. For 2021, if both spouses are under age 50 and have a household income of at least $12,000, you can each contribute up to $6,000 to your own IRAs. And if you're over 50, that maximum uh, contribution increases to $7,000 each. So that's just a little benefit that you get if you do decide to get married and one of you decides maybe to stay home or, you know, isn't working for a period of time. You want to make sure that you're continuing to save for retirement even when you're not earning an income. And rule number 10, get help from a financial professional when needed. Even if managing money is a breeze for you and your partner, it's often very wise to get help from a financial pro. It could be a financial advisor, a retirement planner, a tax accountant, or even an estate attorney. Yes, professionals do cost money. However, getting good advice for retirement planning or navigating any financial challenges can really pay off. You might consult with a financial pro once, or you might work together over the long term to meet your financial goals as a couple. If you're a first-time couple or even a long-time couple, I hope these tips and rules have given you something to think about. Also, before we go, if you have not joined my private Facebook group called Dominate Your Dollars, I would love for you to be a part of that community. It's a really amazing group of people. You can just search for the group on Facebook. Again, it's Dominate Your Dollars. And you can also visit lauradadams.com where you'll find my contact page and more about me, my books, and online courses. That's all for now. I'll talk to you next week. Until then, here's to living a richer life. Money Girl is a quick and dirty tips podcast. It's audio engineered by Steve Rickyberg with editing by Adam Cecil. Our operations and editorial manager is Michelle Margulis. Our assistant manager is Emily Miller. And our marketing and publicity assistant is Davina Tomlin. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.